Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're here at the Green Start Academy in the Research Triangle of North Carolina. It's a wonderful program sponsored by Bear and John Deere, geared towards assistant superintendents. And we're talking with one of the presenters, the National Golf Club of Canada's Grant Murphy, about one of the things he talked about here, which is building a teamwork and getting everybody on your crew working together. So first off, Grant, thanks for joining us. And I hope you're enjoying your time in North Carolina. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll, uh, it's, it's an honor to be here, really a privilege to be involved with, uh, in particular, the assistant superintendents. It's, uh, it's invigorating to, to watch their passion and mm -hmm. uh, um, they, they seat the panel on the periphery of the room. And, it, and it's, it's fun even watching the reactions of some of the fellow panel members. And you, we're just nodding our heads thinking, yep, I've been there. I've been there, you know, you're, and these guys, uh, they're going to make it. They're, they're going to make it. I think just uh, if they, they focus and keep listening and um, they've got some, and Bayer and John Deere, like kudos to them. They've assembled a great group. So glad to be a part of it. You have an excellent job working for an excellent boss at a wonderful club. Just tell our listeners and some of the superintendents, especially in the U.S. that don't know a lot about the national, mm -hmm. what's the situation like and what's, what's your maintenance team like? Well, yeah, the National, uh, it's the, the National Golf Club of Canada. We're just outside of uh, Toronto in, in Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we are a George and Tom Fazio designed golf course. We are the only George and Tom Fazio designed golf course in Canada. And one of the only Tom Fazio designed golf courses in Canada. And we were the first. Uh, it's, uh, it's a going concern. Our, our members back in 1974 when they designed the business model and had Tom design the course. Their vision was to design a world-class golf course. Um, and one of the, the suggestions that created the framework of our, of our culture is that they wanted a golf course that could host the U.S. Open with two weeks' notice. So that's the, the vision of the standard and conditions at, uh, at our golf course. And it's a big goal. Um, but the people that, that like it there, they love that. They love the big goals. And kudos to our membership. They've always supported us. They've given us the resources we need to reach those goals. And so <clears throat> it is for real. Um, Chris Dew, the superintendent there, he's been there 20 years. Uh, and he's, he's one of the best. He's, he's a, an, a good boss, but an incredible superintendent. And it's, it's great to, to work with him. I think that... My role has developed into something where I, I complement the, the overall goal of, of the operation. And uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a, it's very enjoyable to be there and, and, and perform on that stage. Uh, we've had some great response from our market. Our members love it, mm -hmm. but why wouldn't they, right? They're, uh, they love it because their buddies are there and they're very proud of it. But we've enjoyed some, some critical success, um, had some favorable rankings in, in um, Score Magazine and Golf mm -hmm. Digest and the like, and uh, that's nice. It just, it's encouraging to think that people are recognizing what you do. Um, and, but, but by and large, when we talk about teamwork and, and our staff, we're staffed by real people. You know, it's, it's real people that get real dirty and work real hard. And so our task is to assemble a group 
that will achieve the results we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And with Chris kind of at the helm and setting the culture and um, me helping him with some of the mechanics of it, it's uh, it's at the very least enjoyable, and uh, at the very most, we've been we've been reasonably successful. We've had some some fantastic people come through our doors and leave mm -hmm. and go on to bigger things, and we're always excited to see that. Um, and yeah, that's it's not it's not rocket science, right? And and I think <laughs> as I presented yesterday, and I think that was what initiated this conversation is some of the things I said yesterday to these these young people is that so teamwork we all talk about teamwork I think that you need to make sure that your your language fits your mission and if your language is too plural if your language is all uh, the team the group you're gonna miss the point that the group and the team is made up of individual people with individual needs individual talents so you need to balance those things. One of the slides that I used in my presentation to encapsulate that is a quote from a great writer, Rudyard Kipling, who was an incredible poet and an incredible author. And uh, many of us know him, many of us who have children maybe, know him from the Jungle Book. And so there's a quote from one of his, it was actually a poem, and I think the poem was called The Law of the Jungle. And in it, he says, for the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. And so we have to remember that the pack is made up of wolves. So the group is made up of people. And if you lose your focus on the individuality of the people, then you are, you're going to sometimes miss out on, on great performers that, that uh, you have now otherwise kind of just glanced over. Uh, and I think that Sometimes it just comes from inexperience and we learn that along the way uh, and we have to make sure that we're keeping our arrogance in check and one thing that we've recognized at the National with the amount of success that, that we've enjoyed is um, could be incredibly easy to become arrogant and, mm. uh, and, t and overly proud of, of what we've done and the way that uh, Chris and I frame it is that first and foremost this is not our golf course. This golf course belongs to the members and we are not members. Um, and, uh, and secondly, there's been literally hundreds of people through our doors in the time that Chris and I have served there, it's my 14th year, his 20th, that have allowed us to achieve what we've achieved. It's uh, by no means him and I. Uh, we're very excited and privileged to be on the leadership edge of that group, but that is just, a, it's a role. Uh, and it's a role that we both take very seriously and <clears throat> both really enjoy. One of the most important issues in the industry, especially here in the United States, it's probably issue 1A in a lot of superintendents' mind, is mm. finding workers, retaining them, getting them working together at one. I think what you're telling me and our listeners and what you told the attendees yesterday, that it takes more than just pay to, to to get this thing going, right? How important mm -hmm. is it that, to make everyone feel like they're part of something special to get them back and coming mm -hmm. to your place? Mm -hmm. So I would say that, uh, okay, so first of all, let's not dismiss pay, yeah. all right? Um, if you're talking about motivating staff, I would suggest two things. If that conversation doesn't begin and end with money, then forget it. 
uh, people have bills. And I think that if people have too much stress in their life uh, and they're worried about meeting monthlies and that kind of thing, even the best people are going to bring that <clears throat> stress in, into their work. Uh, I think you want to move towards creating an environment where you're at least meeting their appropriate needs and that they can focus at work. So that's the first thing I would say is it's not, it's not, not about money. Mm -hmm. um, now, we all have budgets. We all have uh, a lot of people on our team. And uh, there's got to be some way to share the wealth. And everyone's got a bottom line. Everyone's got a budget. So I would say about how to kind of get them on board. And I think that's kind of the way I, I heard your question yep. is let, let's use a relevant framework. So in the golf business, we, we talk about Augusta. And uh, you might hear a lot of staff members at any club across the, the, uh, across the continent. Mm -hmm. And when they get disillusioned, perhaps, and they'll say, oh, you know, well, that wouldn't happen at Augusta. You wouldn't get away with that at Augusta. I love hearing that. The reason I love hearing that is that it, it suggests to me that those people believe that there's a right way to do things. And they believe that it's important that we do things the best way and the right way. And furthermore, that they would like to be connected to that. So when you hear that from your staff and uh, either, you know, behind their, like under their breath or if they actually say it out loud, that's not a negative thing because I think that deep down people do want to be connected to something awesome. I think that, that people want to be connected to something they couldn't achieve on their own. I truly believe that there's a, a need for community, a need for groups, a need for teamwork. I think we are social people. Uh, the, the advent and explosion of social media supports that. People love to be connected, right? If you can manufacture that, allow them to connect and you've got a pretty cool place to work yep. and you treat them well, pay them appropriately, feed them, thank them. Yep. It's pretty much, it's pretty basic. And then you can get creative kind of within your own group. Chris is, uh, is Chris do is, uh, great. Uh, I sometimes call him the social convener, right? So he's at our place. He's the greenskeeper and the social convener because he loves to set up the parties. When he's never misses an opportunity to gather the guys and, uh, and buy them some sandwiches and uh, any money he gets from the members, like a lot of times the members will have uh, little 50-50 draws at some of their events and they might have a, a few dollars in cash and they'll say to Chris, do something nice for your people. Uh, it goes into, you know, pizzas and wings and uh, maybe tickets to a baseball game or anything like that. He, uh, he uses his resources to create social and uh, connections for the staff and it's invaluable because if your staff if they see each other as people um, who have value they're they're more willing to help each other succeed if if you just see the goalie as the goalie and you're the left winger and you say oh as long as we both do our job uh, we're gonna be okay well you are gonna be okay but is that what people want people want to be okay I think people want to be challenged. I think people want to be somewhere that's just phenomenal, right? So you've been working with Chris for 14 years, right? Yeah. What's the key to have a relationship 
that long go well. I think we see a lot of times that maybe the assistant superintendent or the associate superintendent will last maybe two years, three years, four years before moving up. What's the key to having a long relationship with with your boss and how, how does that help the entire team when the two people at the top get along so well? <laughs> uh, that's a good question and I, and I think it's uh, interesting because I don't think about it much anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, you know, why do you get along with your friend? Um, so, but as I reflect on it, a piece of advice that I was given from a friend of mine who's uh, now a superintendent, successful superintendent, um, he, he said to me once, he says, always keep your primary relationships primary, right? So where that translated to my relationship with Chris is that if I was upset with him, I either wouldn't tell him or tell him, but it would never tell anyone else. If, uh, if there was something going on at work, but I didn't need his help making that decision because in my early days I wanted to separate myself as being valuable, I would still let him know. Um, so never surprise him. So my goal in that relationship is to keep it primary, be honest, um, and never surprise him. And the honesty part also, because it's a relationship, it's a dialogue, not a monologue, being clear about what I needed uh, and what I wanted and being patient and giving him an appropriate timeline to deliver that. When I started at the National, I was single and my needs were what they were. I am now married and have six children, arguably a different person. So he has watched me grow in my family life and we've both grown in our professional life. So being open to him through the years um, about what I needed to, in order to, like I said, take the stress away at home to a reasonable degree and be able to perform at work. And the conversation became more about time over, over time. And he's been very responsive to that. And so uh, me leaving at the end of the day and having the assistants button things up is okay with him. But the conversation prior to that was, okay, create some bench strength. It can't just be, Chris, this is what I need. You need to provide that. It was always, this is what I need. This is what I want. And I'm happy to help develop that to make it an easy decision for you. So we have three assistants that are uh, currently, they're, they're fantastic and each in their own way. Um, so that makes his yes answer to me more doable. If I hadn't helped develop those assistants or helped develop the assistants in training, then it is a selfish question. Well, above all else, this is a people business. We really appreciate you taking some time to, to speak with us and to come to Green Start to share your story. Uh, thanks a lot for everything you do, Grant, and thanks for uh, you know sharing your story with our listeners and the people here in North Carolina. I know it's going to be greatly appreciated. Thanks very much. I appreciate it too.